Howdy, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Years of Growth podcast. I'm your host, Nate Jackson. Today, we have a very special guest. I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. We got Mr. AJ Neal. Um, I'd consider you a PBR bullfighter. Would you consider you one? No, not yet. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> well, so, AJ, tell us a little about yourself, you know, where you come from, what you're doing now. Um, so, I'm from Victoria, Texas. Um, grew up roping calves. I've always been a like obsessed with rodeo something I always wanted to do um just finally a kid that's living his dream you know and my parents um they never really rodeoed I'm first generation rodeo athlete so I mean I'm just enjoying what I do right I mean I can I I think I've hold you such a high standard right now because I can really relate to you and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because a lot of people, especially this new generation of cowboys, you know, a lot of us are first generation rodeo cowboys um, who don't really have that knowledge or background. Um, one of the prime examples, you know, Ezekiel Mitchell um, said in an interview, you know, learn how to ride bulls on YouTube. And I think that that goes to show what this new age of cowboys and this new age of rodeo is starting to become is a lot more media based and that media following is something that i feel that we all need to pay attention to and so um just give us a little background on how you got into rodeo and started that passion um so for me rodeo started with uh, my father um he never was really a cowboy like well he was a cowboy we owned horses but he wasn't a rodeo guy never got a chance to compete but growing up he would always um he would all we'd always watch PBRs together or go to the local rodeo. And growing up, I'd always say, "Hey, Dad, I want to be a bull rider." So, you know, I rode sheep in the Houston livestock show and rodeo like most kids and stuff like that. So, um, unfortunately, my dad passed away when I was younger. But I had an uncle who roped calves all his life. My little cousin ropes calves, so I would just kind of hightail with them the rodeos and you know try to be a cowboy. And so. I guess around 18, I, I told myself I was done with rodeo. I didn't want to be a cowboy anymore, and I went to the Army. And, of course, like, the bug got me when I got out, and I went to college to uh, ride bulls. And, you know, I rode bulls for two and a half years, and it was a very blessed time in my life. And and I picked up fighting one day, and it's kind of stuck to me, and it's, it's something that I feel like God, you know, placed in my life to kind of save me from myself and give me a greater path to follow. So that's that's pretty much like what it is for me it's just something that i've always wanted to do yeah definitely um i kind of want to dive into that um because i know for me uh growing up not having a rodeo background or anything like that it's always been you know there's always felt like a mental block you know something where um i'm not sure how i can get into this i don't see anybody that looks like me or talks like me or is like me that's in rodeo so i feel like it's not for me so coming from somewhere in the similar background how are you able to push through that even from a young age because that's something a lot of people kind of tend to you know pass up on talking about was that you know not being able to relate to somebody especially just not having a rodeo background but I mean we can address the elephant in the room not having many black athletes in the rodeo industry you know how is like um how how can I phrase this how is that you know pushing through that mental block how are you able to get through that and how are you able to stay stick to that passion and keep that passion all these years um so for me um I got the the bull riding bug so young like even though I never got to do it so like the guys I looked up to of course Lane Frost like eight seconds was a pivotal point in my life when I seen that movie where I was like okay that looks like fun 
And so, like, I never really saw the race dynamic until I got older. And um, honestly, what kept me going is, like, or what got me going is Zeke um, with his podcast and, I mean, with his interview with Vice and, like, that story and his story, um, meeting Neil Holmes, stuff like that. It kind of gave me the option where it was like, you know, of course there's not a lot of guys like you, but you can be the guy that gives a kid something to look up to. And then, like, with the race thing, like, it is a thing, and it is the elephant in the room, but I will say, like, the guys that gave me my career and gave me the opportunity to be this weren't my skin color. And so it took people to see me and accept me for who I am and not say, you know, he doesn't come from where we come from. He just wants to be a cowboy. And they took me in, and they gave me this dream of fighting bulls. And so now, like, now that I'm where I am, my goal is to inspire those kids and, like, so when they when they grow up, they're like, you know, there's going to be times where you meet a bigot. You're going to meet someone who doesn't want it for, you know, what it is. But you can look back and say, you know what? This guy, he's a white guy from Butthole, Mississippi. But he let me fight his bulls. He let me stay at his house. He let me do this. He gave me the opportunity to do this. And so it's just one of them things where it's like you, you kind of got to put put all the, the demographic stuff aside and say, hey, I want to be a cowboy. I want to rodeo. I want to do this. And it, people are going to see your true colors. So, like, me coming in, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know anybody. And I showed up as this black kid who won the rodeo. And they took me in as a black kid who won the rodeo. And they never pushed me to the side for it. They never made me feel different. They were just, hey, if you want a rodeo, show heart. That was it. It was never be like us. It was never talk like us. It was never. It was just show heart. And so I want to be the guy that can show kids, like, hey, you know, just because you're a black kid that's from – an urban environment, you can still come to this sport and be great. And that, that's my whole that's my whole path. That's what I want from this game. Right. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't really realize is that, um, you know, a lot of times that race card, you know, it is there, but it's, you know, it's like you said, if you show up and you show heart and you show the want to do it, nobody can really disrespect you or take that away from you. And I think that's one thing that rodeo, especially nowadays, really starts to show is because you're starting to have a lot of kids just not black or white but just people in general you know come from these urban areas and want to be a cowboy they may not grow up on a 10,000 acre ranch you know and I think one of the main uh you know the main people that are really showing that is the Brazilians now is you know they're not coming from these big exquisite ranches and stuff they're coming from Brazil where they may not have you know the same resources as everybody else here in America but they're coming out and showing heart and those people you know they're really paying attention to it and they're some of the most loved bull riders, I would say, probably in this nation right now, just because they're showing up, showing heart. They may not be able to speak all the English in the world, but, you know, they can ride those bulls. And I think that's something that a lot of people are starting to pay attention to and start to, you know, shift that paradigm of going from, oh, rodeo's just for country, uh, yeehaw folks. And now it's starting to become, and I think the PBR is doing a pretty good job of that right now. Um, they're starting to cater to more, you know, these urban environments and, just everybody in general, not just trying to keep their audience a certain type or a certain demographic. And I think that's something that as rodeo fans and as rodeo athletes, you know, we can really start to keep pushing. Um, and so you said you grew up, I, I've known you for a little while. Um, I know you were riding bulls for a little bit in college. So how did, you know, that transition from riding bulls to going to bullfighting really start? Um, so the COVID thing happened and um, it kind of messed up the second half of my year for college rodeo. And so I came home and I mean, I just, I, I was in a slump. Uh, I wasn't riding well at all. 
Um, I, I don't think my heart was in it anymore. And so I got bucked off at this little podunk rodeo. And, like, I just was like, you know, tomorrow when we go to practice, I'm just going to help pull gates, you know, maybe fight a bull or two, see what that's like. And so um, I showed up. And this is a funny story. I actually love this story. I tell this story to everybody. So I showed up the first day, and I fought um, at Bad Dog Rodeo Company in Belton. And I fought, and I did I did well, I guess, per se. Um, and guys were telling me, like, well, Clint Law and Randy Waller and Stick McCall, those guys, they were like, hey, you know, this is something you should do. And so um, Stick, Stick's a guy where he, he doesn't really take um, – he doesn't really like he doesn't deal with the bs stuff right like if you're a guy who wants it he's gonna help you if you're just a poser he's not really gonna so i had i had rode bulls there a few times and he would never speak to me ever speak to me so that first day i fought he walks up to me his first words ever to me he goes hey uh you did really good today and i was like thank you sir and he's like i want you to do something and i was like what's up he's like you take that bull rope you got in your car and you go throw it in the trash and you go buy you a <laughs> pair of cleats and so you know i was like okay well i'm gonna do that so I mean, I, I sold all my bull riding gear, and I said, you know, if I'm going to fight bulls, I really enjoy it. I'm going to do it the, the right way and, and put my all into it. And, man, I was I just been blessed. Like, I've been been able to fight with guys that I've looked up to. Um, I just came back from the UBF camp. Uh, I got to meet Cody Webster, and um, we, got a, we had a few talks. And it's just little things like that have just made me want to keep chasing this dream, and I just fell in love with it. And I think that's something that you told me earlier before we started the podcast that I found really astonishing is that you, you say that you're really blessed and stuff. And one thing you told me was that you fought in places that most people don't fight in their whole careers, you know. And how was this, you know, these experiences and these fights and these rodeos coming at you at such a young age? How is that really, you know, if it's affected you at all? How have you been able to kind of take that? And has there been any pressure, you know, going forward from fighting those big fights? Um, so it was a deal where, like, you know, I, I've always told myself, like, you know, you might not be ready for a situation, but if an opportunity arises, it's your job to, to capitalize. So, like, for instance, um, uh, I was living with a Brazilian PBR rider, uh, Luis Blanco, and he, he really taught me a lot about life. You know, speaking of how you were saying the Brazilians, how they come over here, and their, their, their one goal is to ride bulls. And so I learned so much from living with him, just being around him. And we were sitting in the car one day, and he was like, hey, um, the World Cup, the honest shootout is in Del Rio this year, and you're going to fight it. And at this point in time, I might have been fighting bulls for two months. And I was really nervous. I was really scared. But at the end of the day, I was like, hey, I'm a bullfighter, you know. Um, take what you've learned and go do what you do. And so I, I kind of went and I really want to shout out the guys who gave me chances like Joey Schultz, Jake Hine, um, dude, Clint Lott, Dawson Solis, like all these guys that were just saw me in my, my rawness and were like, hey, you could be something, come fight with us, learn from us. And it was just one of them deals where it's like, like, yeah, there's guys that have been going for 10, 15 years that just haven't been getting their fair shake. And for me, I've, I've always wanted to be a guy where, you know, I want to reach the highest level. And so when those opportunities came, it showed me, hey, you could be something. So now it's time to work. It's not time to, you know, go hang out and drink beer with everybody and talk about what I'm going to do. It's time to go do it. And so being able to fight that show and um, being able to fight that PBR in Calhan, it, it's just one of them deals where it was like, you know, you're young, like I've only been fighting for 10 months. So it's one of them deals where it's like, you know, this is this is what can be for you. And I feel like it was God showing like, hey, this is what 
what this life can do for you, now it's time to work. And you put the work in, and this is a life you can live on a consistent basis. So, man, it's changed everything for me. It's 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 something that I, I didn't see coming, but it's been the biggest blessing in my life. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something that, you know, the rodeo industry and the rodeo world has over a lot of other sports. You know, I grew up playing football and, you know, baseball and basketball and everything else. Um, but, you know, like you were saying, those guys really saw you in your rawness, and they were able to say, hey, if you're willing to put in the heart, I'm willing to put in all this effort to help you get you somewhere where I know that you can be, you know, 10 months from now. Because you said you've only been fighting for 10 months, and that's one thing that's really, like, um, you know, just it's kind of excited me watching your journey and it's kind of really, you know, it's made me like pay attention to your journey a lot more because it's like, I remember when you first started posting those pictures of you fighting at those little practice pins and now you're fighting a PVR. And I think that journey it's you know, skyrocketed so quickly and I just can only imagine where you're going to go. You might end up on TV fighting for CBS sports, you know, every weekend, but, um, you know, where are some, where are some of the goals and some of the places that you want to go maybe let's say five months from now because I think that's something that I kind of want to you know aim with this podcast is it's about yearly growth daily growth you know you got to think where am I going to be in five months from now where am I going to be in a month from now even where am I going to be next week you know and so what are some of those things that you have going on right now where do I want to be in five months you know where do I want to be in a year so tell me a little bit about that um so right now my goal is to just keep the ball rolling. Um, my goal is to to keep watching film, to keep getting in the gym, keep working, keep pushing myself. Um, come like speaking on the UBF camp that I just came back from. That was a really trying week for me. Um, I I've always had it. I wouldn't say easy, but my natural athleticism and stuff like that made fighting bucking bulls easy. So stepping in front of some of these Mexican cattle and stuff like that, it really took a toll on me mentally. So, like, my goal is just to get stronger mentally and be able to step into these situations um, fully confident in myself. And, you know, I, I don't really have a goal to where it's like I want to be here. My goal is to just keep getting better and um, and to inspire people to join rodeo. Like, I have my buddies that have never cared about rodeo, never, you know, even paid any attention to it. We're like, hey, we want to come watch you or, hey, we see what you're doing. You know, we want to help you out. Like, if you need a place to stay, if you need to do this. And so, and I want to shout out my buddy, Michael Gonzalez, because um, without him, like, a lot of this stuff that I'm doing wouldn't be happening. So, like, it's just little things like that that, that keep me going. And, and the goal is to just keep the ball rolling. Like, if I can see a little kid that's like, hey, I want to be like you, and I can inspire him to tell his mom, hey, I want to go ride sheep, or I want to go watch AJ fight, or I want to go do this, or I want to go do that. That's what that's my motivation. So I just want to be able to keep being a, a good influence on people and to keep being positive and to keep striving for greatness. That That's my honestly my only goal. All right, definitely. And one thing you said is, you know, get mentally stronger every day. And, you know, um, you said that UBF camp really took a toll on you mentally. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. What what about stepping in front of those Mexican fighting bulls versus these, you know, bucking bulls you see every weekend at these rodeos? What what about that change and you know, you know, breed essentially and change in speed and stuff? How how did that take such a toll on you mentally? Well, for me, it was kind of like so we left. So I called my buddy Diego um, on a Thursday when I got the call for the PBR deal. I was like, hey, you want to go to Colorado? Like, we have to leave tonight. And he was like, yeah, let's go. So we got in the car. We drove 14 hours. We get there. You know, the PBR was a success. We uh, go throughout the week. We go sightseeing with my buddy Christian Mills and all that good stuff. And then we fight a, me and uh, Christian fight a protection match 
that weekend. And my entire plan, like I knew about the UBF camp and Chad Ellison had talked to me about it. And I was kind of making excuses in my head saying, you know, I don't want to fight Mexican Bulls. I just don't care for it. That was my way of letting myself get off of being scared. Right. And so um, Ezekiel Mitchell actually called me uh, the day we were supposed to leave Colorado. And he was like, excuse my language. He's like, why the fuck aren't you in, in uh, Georgia right now? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, why aren't you at this camp? And I was like, oh, dude, I don't have the funds, and I don't have this. And I was kind of trying to excuse yeah, my way out of yeah. it. And so Zeke was like, dude, get here. I'll pay for it. Just show up. So me and Diego literally just got the truck fixed. Um, we got the tires rotated. We were coming back to Austin. And I was like, hey, man, like, how do you feel? And he was like, no, we need to go. He kind of pushed me to go. He was like, we need to go. Like, this is an opportunity you can't miss. So we drive 22 hours through the night. We show up. And, like, Cody Webster is a guy that I've studied from – time I started before I even started fighting Cody Webster's been an idol of mine and so I show up there on the last cow of the day mm-hmm. and Cody's like is AJ Neal here and just hearing him say my name and like wanting me to go excel was like ah, oh, yeah I mean I am here and so he's like well come on run the last cow you didn't drive 22 hours for nothing so I go in and I absolutely obliterate this guy <laughs> like I mean like and I this is my second fighting cow I've ever been in front of the first one literally destroyed me so get in front of this cow and I mean I break her off and so now I'm on a high horse like now I'm like okay this is easier than I thought like it's gonna be a good week second day we show up my first full day um the first cow I fight kind of rolls me up steps on my leg um I have a little hairline fracture from it and I, I was beating myself up mentally I was like dang if I can't get around a cow what am I gonna do against these bulls and Cuddy was really on to me all week about, you know, my confidence and, you know, not listening to guys that were telling me don't freestyle. And he was just saying, like, if you want to reach this level that I'm at, you're going to have to expand your game. And so I can't fight the second day. Like, I, I couldn't get back out there. My leg was really weak. I tried to fight one, just didn't have any any feeling in my leg at all. So we go back to the hotel, and Diego's like, what's wrong, man? And I'm just... I'm just beating myself up. Um, at this point, I'm like, I'm, I'm rolling downhill. I'm like, I can't fight him. You know, I'm not athletic enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. So third day we go out, um, I get in front of another cow. She rolls me up. Um, my legs are hurting still, but I'm thinking like, you know what? You didn't perform at all. Like you didn't do anything. All this hype around you, you didn't do nothing to prove yourself. And then Chad Ellison walks up and he's like, hey, there's a few guys at the camp that I want to get in front of Bulls. And um, I want you to get in front of one. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, no, like, no, not at all. I don't want it at all. But I was like, this is an opportunity you can't pass. So I was like, yeah, give me one. So um, I got to watch the Kevis Jordan and Claymore and uh, Knox Dunn. All these guys go rip up these these bulls. And I'm hyped now. I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. So I go out there and I start them really good. And in my head, I'm like, dang, this is a lot easier than these cows. Like, there's no pressure here. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, you know, took a few wrong steps just like I wasn't breathing and I ended up getting run down and I, I I quit on myself and jumped the fence and Cody was like get back in here step in the hole do your job and so I come back in throw a nice fake and you know he ends up getting me and hooking me but I, I got up feeling so good I got up feeling like you know what this is something that you've been telling yourself for seven months that you don't want to do because you're scared to get hurt and you just got in here and granted it wasn't the best fight of my career but it was something that showed me that I could push through mentally so I mean it was rough but leaving Georgia um leaving Georgia I felt like a new fighter like my past two events after that I felt 
great. I felt confident. I felt that I could do, you know, whatever. So hopefully here soon I can go to another camp and kind of start making my way to the UBF. But, dude, that was a that was an experience that I, I was not prepared for. I didn't think that it would be that groundbreaking for me to be able to, to meet an idol of Cody and, like, DeKevis, um, watching him do all that, the flips and all that mm-hmm. stuff and seeing him in person, getting to see him, you know, work on things that he needed to work on. Um, just all these guys that I've admired for so long, being in front of them and having them, you know, pull me to the side and say, hey, do this, do that. You know, you're, you're talented. You're, you could be great. Do this. I'm like, all right, you know, it's just something mentally about it that was like, you can be great. And it, it just pushed me to a new level. And I think that's really cool that you're talking about those other guys, you know, DeCavis, you know, he came out of the, on the scene just out of nowhere, just came out exploding at these UBF events. Um, Cody Webster, you can't go watch a PBR event on TV without, you know, hearing his name. Um, and those guys, one thing that stuck out to me that you said, Cody said was, you know, you got to come back in here and do your job you know take that opportunity you know it might not be the best but you're going to learn from it and I think that's something that a lot of people just in general can really pull from the story is you know it may not be you know ideal situation you know but I think and I believe that if you take those opportunities it's it can only teach you you know you can only learn from it and grow from it and that's the whole idea of this day-to-day growing you know is taking these different opportunities you know it might not be the best job for you but you take that opportunity and you learn from it and that's just going to help you get that much better every time and like Cody Webster said you know in his words you know you got to expand your game if you want to be the best Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that's really you know been a key in my life is I'm trying a lot of different things you know I'm trying this podcast thing you know I'm working with some horses here and there I'm working at the hat shop now but you know it's just doing all these different things to kind of you know expand your abilities and I think that's something that people need to you know start trying to do you know if you know go to the gym go to another gym you know if you want to be strong go to a bodybuilding gym you know if you want to get smarter go read a book that's something i've started doing you know trying different things that's going to help you in the end game and i think that's something that you've really kind of helped motivate you and kind of stuck with and another thing that i wanted to touch on was you know how did you get over those nerves of oh i'm about to you know face this 1500 pound bull in front of all my idols you know how did you power through that and say you know what i'm about to you know kick ass here you know so um that's actually a great question because me and my buddy diego talked about that the whole ride to georgia so the entire 22 hours when he wasn't asleep or i wasn't asleep that was the topic of discussion and i showed up and literally like seeing these guys like because you know we all watch cody's videos on youtube and you see the kevis you see all these guys you see um Knox done you see all these guys in these videos and you and it feels so far away. It feels like like you're sitting at home watching YouTube. And you're like, I I won't meet these guys. Like I like, I want to be great, but the chances of me being that is really small. So I won't meet them. And so showing up and like meeting Chad Ellison and seeing you know his setup and all that stuff and seeing these bulls that are going on tour, it was a little it was a little shocking to me. And at first I was like, I'm really here. And um, you know I. I kind of just told myself, like, you belong here. Like, you've you've put in the work. You've impressed the right people. Um, so you belong here. So now it's like, you know, go do your job to the best of your ability. And regardless of the outcome, um, know that you gave your all. And so, you know, on the ride home, I was talking to Diego, and I was like, man, you know, I, I don't know what's going to come out of this. 
But at the same time, I, I feel so blessed because I, I didn't know that going there that I was going to learn so much. I thought it was going to be more of a, you know, you're just going to fight bulls. You're going to learn how to fight bulls. That camp taught me a lot about fighting bulls, but it taught me a lot more about myself. Um, and so being in front of those guys and having to step around these bulls and, you know, like Cody te breaking something down on the Internet and then I go outside and have Diego push the dummy for me and I try to remember what he said, having him there and telling me while I'm doing it makes things so much more real. And so, like, while we were doing the drills and stuff, he was like, hey, you know, do it this way or do, do take this step instead. And then you kind of, like, for instance, my last, the last rodeo I fought, Cody had taught me this deal about, you know, bringing a bull out and the steps to take to bring a bull out um, in case your rider's knocked out or something. And I did it. And literally, after I did it, I stopped. You know, I made my round with my bull. The bull went out, and I, I looked straight to Diego. <laughs> and I was like, bro. And he was like, I know. I was like, I know exactly what you're about to say. And so it was just one of them deals where it's like, yeah, these are my idols, and these are guys that I, I never think I would I, – I didn't think I would meet so soon. But watching these lessons manifest literally two, three weeks after this camp was like, I couldn't have asked to be in a better place. Like, I, I couldn't have asked for more – in such a young career right. and so and like to heart back on my buddy Dawson like Dawson and Clint I I always pick their brains I'm like how'd you get here when you got here and they would tell me you know I did this I did this and to watch these steps happen in my career um is like okay I'm on the right path and so it's just one of them deals where like being in front of guys that I, I've always wanted to be in front of it's just like you're doing the right things now you keep working and that's what it did for me right and I want to kind of you know dive into that little I want to dive a little more into that, you know, work ethic aspect, you know, because a lot of people kind of tend to overlook it just because you show up to a rodeo and see the end result every weekend. Mm -hmm. um, what are some things, you know, during the week that you do to prepare, you know, before going to a rodeo or going to a PBR or going to a camp like you were just at? What are some things that, you know, you give yourself the advantage of doing, whether it be working out, going to the gym or give yourself some pep talks or watching film or what are some things that go into pre preparation for the weekends? So that's a great question too. So I, when I first started, like the first, I guess two or three months, um, I was a guy's like, I'm going to be like JB Mooney. I'm not working out. I'm athletic as hell. You know, <laughs> I can outrun anything in this pen. I'm not working out. Run two miles with the cigarette hanging yeah. out your mouth. <laughs> and then I, when I met Luis Blanco and I ended up moving out to his place, um, he was all about working out. And so we would go to the gym and he, I mean, this guy would work out for hours. No music, no nothing. He just work. Really? And I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, <laughs> this is not for me. And so I was getting by. I was getting by. You know, I'd be a little short of breath, but, you know, bucking bulls, I, I can walk around those. So right. like, I'm getting by. And then the kind of switch flipped where I was like, you know what? If you're going to be great, like, Put some work in. Like, you got all these people, like my sponsors, uh, HC Thug Bucking Bulls, Rock and uh, Bar B Bucking Bulls. They're putting money in my pockets. Um, Mike Seiler, they're giving all of me these opportunities. I, I can't short myself throughout the week. So now, like, I watch um, I watch motivational videos. Um, I do a lot of mental training. Um, I'm a really big fan of Israel Adesanya in the UFC. And I watch all of his videos and, like, his breathing techniques and uh -huh. the things he works on. So I work on those deals. You know, I go get really hard workouts in. I still play a little basketball to get some cardio. Um, I, I try to make it to where when I show up to the rodeo, 
I don't have to question my cardio. I don't have to question my ability right. to finish the rodeo. Um, if I go get ran over, um, I know that I've put myself through so much in the gym that week or the weeks before that, you know, that, that little pain doesn't hurt. And so that's like my biggest thing now is not necessarily fighting bulls. It's getting myself in shape to where I can go fight a 45 head bull riding, sell a show on a Mexican fighting cattle, go home, get five hours of sleep and wake up and do it again. That's my deal is to just focus on the outside because the fighting bulls is going to handle itself. Mm -hmm. So now I'm really, really focused on the mental aspect of this game and um, being confident, being confident in myself. Um, I do a lot of confidence training. Um, those, those are for me the biggest keys right now right and a guy you just pointed out uh israel adesanya the ufc fighter i just finished watching him not too long ago in his latest fight and it's almost like i was watching that fight going on and it was like you know ufc has five rounds and but those rounds you're still fighting somebody you know it gets tiring but throughout that whole fight man i tell you that dude was just zoned in and locked in the entire time mm -hmm. and you mentioned you doing something with the UFC with Dana White and everything like that, and you know being around those types of guys. How how have you been able to look up to them, and what kind of things have you been able to take from those types of you know fighters, like legit UFC fighters, and kind of translate to the rodeo world? That was dude. That opportunity. Um, shout out to Dennis Davis for making that happen for me, my buddy Zane. That opportunity was insane. Um, so like, I'm a huge UFC fan. I love the fight game. So I've been following Dana White since I was like 14 and so Dennis called me one day and he's like hey you know Dana White owns a bull and they want to do this they, they shooting the deal called looking for a fight and you know I've been watching you and I like the way you fight you know you've been putting in work you want to come fight it I was like yeah like oh yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah so me and my buddy Zane we go out there and we got to meet uh Dana White Matt Sarah and Dean Thomas and so I'm standing there and Dana White comes and shake my hand and I'm like what the hell like how <laughs> how did i get here so um you know we do the whole production deal with the cameras and like dude it, it was something that i did not think in my life that i was gonna get to do right and so um i got to talk dean thomas actually fought with us um dean thomas is such a cool guy such a cool guy he was really like he went really in depth to what we do as a job and like how we'll we take care of ourselves and stuff, and we talked for a while before the cameras even started rolling. And so getting to, like, suit Dean Thomas up and watch him make a round with a bull was the best thing in the world. But meeting those guys and, like, talking to Matt Sarah and him telling me, you know, like, how he would train for a fight and, like, the mindset he had to go to to, to, to I mean, go to war. Right. Um, it, it really – I, I kind of used it for me to where, like, like when I go to a rodeo, I still want to be loose, calm, and Loose, calm, and collected, and you know, enjoy what I'm doing. But I have a switch now. Meeting um, Matt Sarah kind of gave me a switch to where, like, when that switch flips, I know what time it is. Like, I literally could be dancing to a song, making jokes. When that rider comes off, that switch just clicks, and I go to war. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, that deal, man, that deal was, oh, dude, it, it was weird. It was weird to be in front of the cameras. It was weird to, you know, meet. Like once again, guys I've looked up to forever. Right. Um, but it was really cool. And I, I, I use it in a day-to-day -day deal to where it's like when I go to the gym, you know, I might be on rep 9 out of 12. And I'm like, ah, my muscles are really sore. Right. I really don't want to finish this. I flip that switch. Crank out my last three. You know, sometimes I get so caught up. I'm like, we'll go 10 more. You're yeah. not done yet. And just having that ability to go to war in my mind, no matter what the situation is, um, it's really something that, like, it's benefited me a lot. Yeah. A whole lot. 
So and like, it's like it's kind of like tying into the, you know that mama mentality that Kobe always had. You know, it's you know it's funny games, and then when it's time to get down to business, like you said, that switch flips. And I think that's a really cool thing that I see in a lot of bullfighters is that they're able to have fun and loose and you know be funny and joke around at their job but as soon as that shoot gate opens you know it's it's time to go and they're right there saving lives every night and um i think that's something did you have that parallel riding bulls versus fighting bulls or was this a little bit of a different you know kind of game mode when you're riding bulls versus fighting um so for me i had to work really hard to be decent at riding bulls so like from the time from the time I showed up to a rodeo, I was in the zone, or I thought I was in the zone. I wouldn't really talk much. I wouldn't go hang out. I mean, I would just sit there and just picture what I thought was supposed to happen. But when I switched to fighting bulls, and um, Clint Lott's actually the reason that I kind of have this mentality, because when I showed up to Bad Dog, I didn't know Clint. I only knew my buddy Zane, and I was like, hey, Zane, I want to fight today. So Zane was like, if you want to fight bulls, talk to Clint Lott. And Clint Lott's like five, six, you know, he's little... <laughs> He's like, you look at him and you don't think that he's a, a world-class bullfighter. I literally saw him putting his, his gear on. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to learn from him. Like right. that, that's the guy that's going to teach me how to fight bulls. And he's goofy and he's like, he's just a great guy. But I didn't think that this is a world-class bullfighter. I didn't think this is the guy who's fought bulls at Vegas. So um, we fight a couple and I, I'm watching. And I'm like, oh, hell, this guy's the real <laughs> deal. So then I go look at his film and I'm like, whoa. Whoa, this is crazy. So watching Clint um, have that switch and watching Clint, like, really pour his soul into this game is really a lot of the reason why I have a lot of the mentalities that I have. And so, like, I'm forever grateful to Clint for what he does for me. And that's kind of where I got that mentality from. So the switch from, to get back to your question, the switch from riding bulls to fighting bulls was riding bulls, I was trying to be, I was trying to pretend to be something else. I was trying to be somebody I wasn't. Fighting bulls, I, I'm able to be myself. I'm able to be able to be goofy. I'm mm-hmm. able to make jokes and do all this fun stuff, but still get the job done. Yeah. And that that's kind of the, the difference between those two for me. Right. I feel like, like you were saying, you're able to be yourself and, you know, just kind of let go and stop pressing and stop trying to be someone you're not. And I think that's when you get the most out of a situation you're mm-hmm. in is when you're just kind of, you know, stop trying to be this guy that you haven't gotten there yet, you know, and you just kind of... It's kind of like a humbling mentality because you got to say, hey, I'm not, you know, let's use bronc riding, for example. Hey, I'm not, you know, Stetson Wright. I'm Nate Jackson, so I'm going to ride like Nate Jackson, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just like it's the same kind of thing, you know, you can relate it to literally anything. You can relate it to football. You go into a game. I bet you Cam Newton doesn't go into a game saying, I'm going to go play like Tom Brady. He's going to say, I'm going to go play like Cam Newton. And I think that's something that day to day people need to start, you know, trying to tap into and saying hey i don't have to be like anybody else but myself because yep. myself is why i'm on this earth i have a purpose to go fulfill day to day and being myself is going to give me that much better of a chance to be able to go fulfill that purpose and i think that's something that you started to figure out bullfighting and it's a reason why you've had that exponential growth and i think that's why you've been able to be put in these positions because they want to be around you they want to be around aj neal you know they don't want to be around AJ Neal acting like JB Mooney, you yeah. know. And I think that's what a lot of guys are starting to kind of. I think that's what kind of separates, you know, the. It kind of separates the cream from the crop, you know. The guys that show up to a rodeo, you know, they want to act all tough and you know act like JB Mooney and you know go never work out or whatever, knowing that you know they can't get by doing that. Yeah. 
But once they start putting in that work and, you know, do what's best for them, then that's when they start seeing that growth. And I think just from day to day life, you know, instead of trying to portray yourself as somebody that you're not and start trying to just be yourself, that's when you start seeing, you know, things are starting to look up because being yourself is when you're going to be the most happy, you know, and I think that's what you're trying to figure, you're starting to figure out. And that's what I noticed about you fighting bulls is I feel like when I see you and I watch you fight bulls in these clips and stuff, you seem like you're having the time of your life. Oh yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people just kind of disregard or just tend to overlook, you know, but I think if everybody kind of, you know, takes that mentality day to day, then, you know, you can never go wrong with that. Exactly. And, And uh, not to cut you off, but like on that topic, um, my, my biggest deal, and I've told myself forever and like stick McCall and the guy I talked about earlier, he told me this and it, and it really hit home. He's like, Hey man, your path isn't going to be like this guy's path. Um, you might do it faster. You might do it slower. So now like the guys that I do help, um, um, try to, you know, start growing their careers. Um, I tell them like, Hey man, like, like they always ask me like, how'd you get this show at two months? How'd mm-hmm. you get this? How'd you get that? And I tell them like, man, you know, honestly, it wasn't because of my talent. It wasn't because of, I was this great bullfighter who deserved it. It was because I was around certain people and, those opportunities came. And so I tell them, like, man, hey, you're rank. You're really good. And don't let, you know, what you see me do or what, you know, all these guys that we look up to together, what we see them do determine your path. Like, if you don't have your pro card in a year or you don't have your pro card in three years, don't let that stop you. Um, you know, you, your path is going to be your path. And, like, back you're saying, like, everyday life, like, I've started to realize, like, you know, I would look up to, like, to my buddies and I'm like, hey, man, you know, you got a house. You got, you know, your girlfriend. Y'all have a family. I want that. Like, why am I not there? I'm 24 years old. Why am I not there? And when I finally step, stepped back and thought, like, you know what? That's his route. You know, I might not own a house till I'm 40. That's my route. Whatever mm-hmm. my route is, do my route to the best of abilities. And it's opened so many doors for me because, like, granted, I haven't been in front of, you know, 20,000 people and I haven't done this. But the the people that are loyal to me and, like, the guys, I mean, the guys that I consider, like, my fan base um, that support me. They see me for who I am. They don't They don't support me because I'm walking around saying I'm this or I'm that. They support me because I'm AJ and I'm true to what I am. Right. And so I, I really preach that to younger guys. It's like, hey, man, you know, um, you might not fight your first show at, for a year. But when you fight your first show, you leave it all out there. You mm-hmm. leave everything in the arena every time and things will start rolling. Mm-hmm. Like um, a story that I really love to look at and I watch this video all the time is Jimmy Lee. Um, I got to meet him in Colorado, <coughs> and his story is, like, pretty much from what I got from the videos, you know, he didn't fight his first bull till he was 28 years old. Right. And now he's a circuit finals bullfighter. And it's like, it doesn't matter when you start. Like, I would always tell myself, oh, why didn't you start fighting bulls when you were 17? Mm-hmm. And then I watched this story, and I was like, you know what? You started when you were supposed to start. God yeah. put you where you needed to be at the time you needed to be there, and now you capitalized. Mm-hmm. And so, like, dude, that that's my biggest deal with, like, growing and becoming who you are is just take your everyday life and make it what you want you know like we all especially in this climate we live in now everybody's hunting for money everybody's trying to make it day to day and my deal um is you know live your life to the fullest you know you might not be the richest person in your friend group but be the happiest right try to encourage your friends to be the happiest you know you might not get to eat steak and lobster tonight but you know go get your burger from mcdonald's and enjoy it Mm -hmm. sit down watch your favorite show and enjoy life you know if if you can't 
go take a trip to Miami like we've watched everybody do over the summer. Right. That's fine. Go to the lake down the, down the street from the house. Pretend like you're in Miami. Enjoy <laughs> your life, you know? And that's what's really been the biggest difference for me is that I'm enjoying life. Yeah. I'm not putting pressure on myself to fight, um, you know, the I mean, the UTBs in three years. I'm not putting pressure on myself to have my pro card and be fighting um, for Pete Carr or all these great um, uh, contractors in two years. I just want to have fun. Right. I just want to live my life, have fun. If I end up fighting an NFR or if I end up fighting, you know, the local rodeo at home, either or, I'm happy. Right. And that's all I care about. And I think that's something that, you know, like I just pointed on, separates the cream from the crop because I like to look at it like this. When you look at, let's take the NBA, for example, the top superstars in the NBA, none of them are alike, yeah. you know. Kevin Durant is nothing like LeBron. You know, Steph is nothing like Derrick Rose. You know, all of these superstars that people look up to, they're all different and they're all themselves. And I think when those guys that have a lot of talent start stop trying to be like, you know, stop trying to follow the flow of the river and start trying to, you know, be themselves and have fun with themselves because at the end of it, that's all you have, yeah. you know? And if you start trying to be yourself, that's when people start to, you know, notice who you are and they say hey that's you know that hey that's aj neal you know they don't say hey that's that guy like so and so you know and that's when that's that kind of recognition starts to you know come about like you said earlier when we were talking about your trip to that camp cody webster said is aj neal here he didn't say hey is that guy that ezekiel mitchell just talked to on the phone here you know and i think that starts to you know separate people from guys that want to try to seem to make it and you know guys that may not be the best but people know their name yeah you know and i think that's when you get that new generation and i think that's this generation right now and it's starting to be you know people want to be different and i think that's a really good thing too because you know it's not the same every cowboy is not the same and every cowboy has a story and that story is always different and everybody's path is different and that's why i really like doing this kind of podcast thing is because you know everybody's story is different you know zeke started you know riding bulls watching youtube videos you started riding bulls you know looking up to him but now you're on a different path fighting bulls you know everybody has a different kind of story and i think once we start to uncover that story we start to get a new generation of fans and you know a whole generation and a whole fan base that wasn't there before and i think that's something that you know the unleash the beast tour the pbr has been doing really good at of these like you know uh, athlete profiles and stuff like that you know and that's something that i sit there on tv and i look and i'm like huh i never knew that or you know huh i never knew that where you know i never knew where that Stetson Lord and Stance came from, you know, stuff like that, you know, little things like that that people love, they want to know more about. And I think being yourself gives them just that much more insight on what it is. And not to cut you off, but to go to that, it's like, man, you, with these athlete profiles and you're starting to hear more guys' stories, now, and that's why I love this sport of rodeo, because I've played college basketball, I was an outstanding football player, I played soccer, I've done all these things. Rodeo is the first sport where I was like, it doesn't matter where I came from. It doesn't matter if my dad was really good at it, if my dad sucked at it, if my mom even cares about it. None of that matters. And so, like, you look at JB, right? And JB said this. I can't remember what interview it was. But he said, you know, all these people, like that ball. He's like, all these people see that I was standing on that damn ball, and they think that that's all the work I put in. But when you look at all these guys, it's like, no. 
You can be whatever you want when you put the work in. Like people talk about Zeke's story. They they always fail to mention that he was walking miles. Yep. Walking miles Just to, to go, go practice. To practice pin. He was getting on ten to twelve bulls a practice pin. You know People start to leave that stuff out. They're just like, hey, did you know that Zeke didn't come from a rodeo family and now mm-hmm. he's a star? Mm-hmm. But you, when you start to leave out the, the middle ground and what he did to get there, is it, it it's insane. And it's something that builds this false hope. Um, like, I, I was never interested in Cody Webster because of what he's done now. Mm-hmm. I've always interested in him because he started fighting at fucking 13 years old, I think. Yeah. And you to watch that grow and watch all these people talk about him as he grew uh-huh. like people are always like or like my buddies that don't really understand bullfighting i'll show them like a cody webster clip and they're like damn like how he's always i'm like no he was not always this good it's right. just growth uh-huh. and so like when people start to talk about like for me it's just like oh you're just naturally good at it or you didn't work at it like i had a bunch of like guys that i was really close friends with like oh it came too easy to you and i'm like no you just didn't see the work i put in like i've always made it a point to myself where it's like I'm never going to take my cleats off until every bull is booked. Right. You know, no matter how hot he is, no matter how gentle he is, I'm going to fight every bull possible because you're going to learn something on each one. And so, like, with this generation of, you know, cell phones and the Internet and, you know, podcasts are blowing up, you start to learn about not only what this guy does today, but his struggles and when mm-hmm. he wasn't what he is now. And so that's kind of really what motivated me. It was like, you know, you don't have to come from – like you said, a 10-acre, I mean, a 1,000-acre ranch, and, you know, you've had a bullpen in your backyard, and you get to fight all the bulls you want. Mm-hmm. You can literally step in, say, I want to work. Right. That's it. Like, you don't have to come in shooting gaps. You're not mm-hmm. going to. You're going to learn. Right. So it's just, for me, to speak to young bullfighters or guys that want to start getting into this sport, it's like, bro, enjoy your idols. Enjoy watching them. Enjoy learning. You know, go see them at events close to you. But also remember, that can be you with the work. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've prided myself on is that, you know, when I was living with Luis, there wasn't, you know, two, three, four bullfighters that was coming every day. Luis would, we'd wake up, Luis would say, hey, I'm getting on bulls today. You know, I don't really want to fight. You know, these bulls are mean as hell. I'm by myself. I don't know much. Mm-hmm. But you know what? My job is to make sure he gets to his next show. Luis pays the bulls here. He keeps us fed. You know what I'm saying? He has gives us a place to stay. So my job is to make sure that he's healthy. So, yeah, this bull scares the hell out of me, but I'm going to go put the work in, you know? Right. And so now I can look back on those times and say, you know, I'm fighting with, a, you know, a Ryder Gray or Joey Schultz or all these guys that have been going. And it's like I've been in these situations by myself. Yeah. Now I'm fighting with a guy who knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Right. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And so, like, with this generation of, you know, you can get on YouTube and look up somebody's story. Don't just, you know, tell somebody, hey, I want to be like AJ, or I want to be like Zeke, or I want to be like Cody, or I want to be like this person. Really dive into their story and understand what they did to get there, mm-hmm. and then you you create your own path. Right. And because I think it's pretty cool to, you know, look at those stories and, you know, see what struggles those people, you know, went through because it's those struggles are what make a person, you know. It's what makes Ezekiel Mitchell. It's what makes J.B. Mooney, you know. It's, yeah, he rides. Yeah, J.B. rode bushwhacker you know that's what he's most known for probably but it's those other bulls you know it's the rangos you know those other smaller bulls and it's even those junior rodeos he grew up going on jb mooney couldn't have been jb mooney if he would have just gave up after the 10th time he would have gotten bucked off because he's been in the game longer than some people and a lot of people don't realize jb's probably bucked off more than most guys right now oh yeah but he's still riding and he's you know multiple time world champion and that's you know it's those struggles that kind of build that name it's like hey 
JB got bucked off and stomped out a hundred million times, but he's here now riding Bushwhacker. And I think you can't have that he's here now riding Bushwhacker without all these struggles. And I think the struggles is, I always say, you can't have happiness without hard times and struggle because it just makes that happiness that much sweeter. Exactly. And I think that's what a lot of people, like when they're in those struggles, you got to keep reminding yourself, hey, without this right now, this end game isn't going to be that good. It might be good or whatever, but, you know, if I just gave up in these struggles and stuff like that, you know, it's not going to... It's not going to have that, you know, good feeling that it would have. It doesn't benefit you. Like, right. a lot of people don't know this. Like, I didn't start loving fighting bulls till probably four months in. I was only doing it because people said I was good at it. Uh-huh. So I didn't really enjoy it. I was just like, okay, like, this is different. I I, I, I feel like somebody important now. Because riding bulls, you know, I show to rodeos. My buddies, hey, what's up? But nobody was like, oh, shit, AJ Neal's here. Like, hey, what's up, man? You, you know, you got a good one today, blah, blah, blah. But now when I show up fighting, people are like, hey, we know we can try our asses off today because AJ's here. Mm-hmm. So, I, But when I fell in love with the game, the week prior to that, I was going to quit. Like, I was like, you know what? This has been fun. I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I don't want to do it anymore, you know? But then um, I talked to one of my mentors, and he was like, you know, did you expect this to be easy? Like, did you expect that just because you fought this or you fought that, that people were going to start handing you shit? Like, nobody knows you yet. Like, uh-huh. nobody nobody, nobody cares if you, you know, you give up today. He's like, but do you care if you give up? And I sat down and I was like, you know, I called my mom, dude. And I, I literally told her, like, like, I don't know if I should just go get a day job and be done with rodeo and just go hang out with my buddies when the rodeo's in town or if I really want this. And she was like, well, you know, what would be the point of that? Like, what's the point of getting all these hookings you took so far? They didn't kill you, uh-huh. you know. So why are you gonna give up now? And so like, it made me, made me kind of sit back and think. Like, I do love what I'm doing. You know, I I do love the feeling of a guy being able to go make a living for his family, and he knows that he can keep his hands shut because I'm gonna go get him out no matter what. Right. And I enjoy that. And now that I love the game, dude, there's no turning back. And I, I feel like when people truly like, whether you work at Target or you work at you know, a multi-million dollar company. When you love what you do, man, it, it makes it not work. Uh-huh. It makes it not, you know, it makes it not suck day to day. You don't go home like, oh my God, like, why do I do this every day? Yeah. Now you're going home like, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow. Uh-huh. And so like now, like when I get these cars for these rodeos, it's 12 hours away. I'm like, God, dude, that's 12 hours. I got to drive here and I'm only getting paid this. And is it really? Now it's like, dude, I get a chance to fight bulls. Yeah, you get to fight bulls. You know? There you go. Especially when it's a guy I've never fought with. I'm like, uh-huh. dude, I get a chance to fight bulls. I get to meet cool people. I don't care. 12 right. hours, I'm only making $200. Mm-hmm. Eh, it ain't the ideal situation, but I get to do what I love. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that, you know, shout out to Double R Hat House in Elgin, Texas. You know, I just started working there a couple months ago. But, you know, as, this is the job that's, you know, kind of helped me realize that, you know, I might not be, you know, the head honcho at the company or whatever, nor do I expect to be anytime soon. But I get to go and work with hats or be around hats and learn from Emilio every day. And... Emilio asked me one day, he was like, because my birthday was not too long ago, and I went to work and stuff, and he was like, Nate, why are you working on your birthday? And I told him, I was like, well, I'd be here anyways, you know, because it's something I love to do. It's something I love to be around. You know, I'm either going to be here with hats or at a rodeo, one of the two. But either way, I'd rather just, you know, come here and do this and spend time with y'all anyways, you know, and it's that, it's finding that passion and chasing that passion. And it may not be the situation you're in right now where, you know, you might be at a sucky job, a crappy job, but, 
you know, if there's another opportunity, you know, take that opportunity. Learn from the one you're in right now and go full force on the other one. And that's kind of like what you did with bull riding, you know, going from riding bulls. It's like, hey, I enjoy this. I want to be great at it. But, you know, I'm starting to kind of get a little feel for bullfighting. And you kind of made that switch. But when you make that switch, you damn sure better go full force in it, you know. And, you know, if it's not for you and if what you're doing isn't for you there's got to be something because like we touched on earlier everybody's path is different everybody's you know and i think that's something that really attests to you know god honestly and just you know you got to have faith in whatever you do and going you know because like you said you're driving 12 hours to go fight bulls you got to have faith you know anything can happen you can get in a car accident god forbid but you got to make it to that 12 hours you get to fight bulls you got to stay healthy and it's those tough times where you got to you know rely on your faith that much more just because you know it's like hey i hate what's going on right now but you know in the end of it god's gonna get me through this and he's gonna point me in the direction that he wants me to go and I think that's something that you can really attest to because it was like, like you were saying, it felt like this is what you needed to do. Straight up. Like, man, I, I, if I were to tell anybody, you know, you listen to this whole podcast, you don't hear anything I say, hear this. Where it's like, if you're not happy where you're at, take a chance. Like, um, I mean, I was working a, a job that I hated and I was just, I only worked there to have fees, to have money for fees. And, you know, I was like, you know, I don't like where I'm at. I'm going to take a chance. So when I started that first or the second time I fought bulls ever, I quit my job mm-hmm. and I went, I had a little money saved up and I literally spent my weeks going to every practice pen I could find, whether it be in Austin to Fort Worth to Oklahoma. I went to every practice pen I could find every single day. Anybody was bucking bulls. I was showing up and, you know, like my buddies is like, man, where were you? well, I was sleeping in my car. Yeah, you know, I'd go five hours away, sleep in my car, drive to the next one. And it was something where, like, even my mom didn't understand it. She was like, what are you doing? I'm taking a chance. You know, yeah. and it's like, if, you know, if you're not happy where you're at, just take a chance. Mm-hmm. It might not work out. It, it, it might work out. But at the end of the day, you're giving yourself a chance to be better. Mm-hmm. Because if you're sitting at home every day hating your life, nobody's going to come to you and say, hey, I see you hate your life. Here's an opportunity for you to change right. it. You got to wake up want to change your life and you got to want to go be different and when when you finally find something that like okay this is something i I might want to pursue pursue it all the way if it doesn't work you know you do it again you keep doing it over like nope and i think it's the pressures of society nowadays where you can get online and see somebody that owns you know five cars a 10 bedroom house and 20 jet skis and stuff like that and you're like why am i not there Whereas you don't really look back how we we're saying earlier, you don't look back at their story like that guy might have went bankrupt a couple of times. That uh-huh. guy might have, you know, went to jail a few times. He might have made mistakes, but you keep working. Like if if you think you want to be a carpenter and carpentry don't work out, okay, go work ACs, go do this, go do that. You uh-huh. want to be a leather work guy and it don't you don't end up liking it? Go make shirts, go make hats, right? Go, do go do anything that's a change because change brings success, right? And if you're stuck in something. Nothing's gonna happen when you're stuck. If you if you don't have the heart for it, it doesn't matter if you're the best in the world. If you don't have the heart for it, you're not gonna be great at it. Mm-hmm. So find something that you have the heart for and go try to be successful. And if it don't work, go do something else. Right. And I think that's that's really amazing you say that and that kinda, you know, ties everything we've been talking about in together, you know. If it doesn't work, try something else. Just don't give up. Because like Cody Webster told you at that, you know, that camp, you know, hey, you may not like fighting Mexican fighting bulls, but try it, you know, expand it, go full force in it. And 
another thing, like you were saying, you know, you can't expect to be the best if you can't take the be- the worst lows. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody sees AJ Neal fighting all these big fights and stuff like that, but not everybody knows AJ Neal was once, you know, not getting paid, going all these, you know, practice pins, Lord knows where, sleeping in his car. You know, and I think that's something that's really amazing to really see and really look at. And I think that's just a little bit of what anybody can take of and, you know, go day to day with, you know, hey, this might not be the best situation I am, but the little opportunities that I do have, I'm going to make the most of it. And I'm just going to go full force. In them. And it may not happen in a week. It may not happen in five months. But, you know, a year from now, it might be the best thing I ever did. Yep. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to start. You know, if you're struggling or you feel stuck right now, if you're, you know, listening to this podcast and you're in the crappy situation you know your girlfriend just broke up with you you're in the worst job ever you know you just probably failed a couple tests you know just try something different you know that doesn't mean you know switch up your whole life or it may mean switch up your whole life but i mean try something different that piques your interest and you better go full force in it because they don't know what you're doing you know they don't know the struggle you're in you know those guys at the practice pen riding bulls they don't know you didn't you slept in your car before that nor do they probably care because yeah. they're worried about you know i'm on this i'm strapped to this 1300 pound bull this dude better save my life mm-hmm. you know and it's like if you just keep giving your all and just keep pushing and put your head down and grind you're gonna see the end result and you're gonna see those blessings that you have you know definitely. and Almost so definitely. you know that was you know that's kind of what i wanted to touch on in this podcast and so we can just start wrapping it up you know do you have any last thoughts any life advice um, I mean, I don't know if I'm the guy to take life advice from, <laughs> but I will say, like, just go be great, man. Like, you know, you see, whatever it is that you want to do or whatever it is that you think that's meant for your life, um, just don't let anybody stop you. You know, there's going to be people that say that you're not cut out for it. There's going to be people that say that you need to do something different. If it's something that you want to do and you love it, man, hey, go do it. Like, that's that's what life's all about in my eyes. Um, Just just enjoy what you do and enjoy your enjoy your family, enjoy your friends enjoy life because it can end tomorrow right um, and i've lost a lot of buddies um here recently i have a buddy struggling for his life right now and so like it just reminds me every day you know life life is short so make sure you you enjoy it and one thing that you did say that i kind of want to leave everybody with is you know go be different when you said that i was like that's it you know and it's you know that entails go work hard but work hard your own way you know do things how you see fit and go full force with it you know take that chance you know do what you want to do and what makes you happy and until that's going to make you different and set you apart from all your competition or just anybody else or the whole world you know so to kind of end this thing you know just go be different you have any shout outs for this uh once again shout out my sponsors uh he thug bucking bulls and troy jewel and his family um they've been with me from the start uh amazing family uh the uh the boys family with rock and barbie bucking bulls um, love them guys to death. Uh, Mike Seiler, Chris Gott, um, the whole Bad Dog Rodeo Company family. Uh, special shout out to my buddy Zane Lear for even getting me to think about doing this. Um, shout out to the Blanco family. Wishing you guys the best. I think that's about it. Yeah. Do you have any Instagrams or anything like that you want to plug? Um, Social media? My Instagram is um, AJ Neal underscore official. Uh, my Twitter is um, AJNeal35 underscore. Uh, I forgot what my TikTok is. Just put my name in. You'll find it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am starting a YouTube channel. Um, I will be posting, like, 
podcasts like this, um, uh, vlogs, road trips, all that good stuff. So please go check that out. That would mean the world. Um, Facebook's AJ Neal. Just, uh, I would love for you guys to, you know, get in touch and, you know, watch my journey. Yeah, man, for sure. Where are you going to be up next? Any plans coming up? Um, Friday night, I have a bull team in Pleasanton, Texas with Marshall Boyce and his family. And Saturday, I will be at a protection match in uh, Rosenberg, uh, put on by J.W. Rogers. It's called uh, One More In Me. So that's what I got coming up, and I'm ready to rock and roll, man. So heck yeah. Make sure to go check him out. One of the new up-and-comer bullfighters that hopefully we'll be seeing in Vegas pretty soon, you know, if everything goes to plan. But um thanks for being on the podcast really enjoyed it and uh y'all stay tuned for the next one hopefully we'll get some more amazing guests and like i said go be different all right i'll see y'all